This is just why it matters, and the program is about conversations with people from different walks of life. My guests are subject experts as well as people who have the lived experience of being blind or who have low vision. We'll cover topics ranging from sports, arts, social events, and everything else across the spectrum for as long as it helps you lead a full life. Welcome to Just Why It Matters. Welcome back to Just Why It Matters, and this time it's on behalf of Women on the Scene, that program series that was such a big hit. Now, I've got Sinead Bryan. You would probably remember her as Sinead Quinn, but she's gotten married since then. And the big news is she's expecting her first baby. Congratulations, Sinead. Thank you, Kenneth. (laughs) (laughs) Now, we've got a very interesting conversation because we want to track your journey from the time you found out, you and your husband Shane found out that uh, baby is on the way. How did you find it out? Well, it was a really pleasant Christmas surprise. Yeah, last year, just gone. I had some signs in my head and I went, oh, this could this could be happening. <laughs> um, so on Christmas Eve, I remember saying to Shane that morning, could you grab me a pregnancy test? And he said, Sinead, do you realise you're asking me to grab this test in the wrong town? We were over in Victoria, <laughs> where he's from. It's a really small town. And he's like, everybody in the chemist knows who I am. And essentially, yeah, it's not not the most subtle. <laughs> so we took a drive that day to the next town over and grabbed a test. In order to be discreet. Exactly. Because otherwise the whole town would know before we knew or his parents <laughs> knew. <laughs> so, yeah. And then we came back to the house. We were with his parents and I was trying to subtly take the test But of course, with my vision loss, I couldn't read the test once (laughs) the results were in. So I had to wait until Shane came back into the house. It was the longest half hour ever. (laughs) And I said, Shane, check this out. What What does it say? And he smiled and he said it was positive and it was all very exciting. But I thought that was kind of cool because it's like probably the first time in history the man got to find out first before the female. That's right. That's <laughs> right. So he was giving you the big news. Yeah, because those lines are so faint, like they're hard to see. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And, yeah, and then that was Christmas Eve. So I had to then go through Christmas and all the partying without any drinking. (laughs) So that was fun. (laughs) Did that raise a few eyebrows? Why is he not having a drink? I think a couple of his friends are on to me, but... (laughs) (laughs) Now, the euphoria lasted for a while... Oh, as well as the morning sickness. (laughs) That hit about three days after Christmas, so that was fun. But yes, yes, the euphoria. And then did you have any anxieties once the euphoria sort of came down to its normal levels? Were you thinking, how am I going to do this with my vision impairment? Yeah, absolutely. There were a few. I think mainly the more anxiety, though, initially was around, oh, my God, I have to birth this baby, which I think is probably more of a female anxiety rather than vision related. (laughs) But in terms of raising baby, yeah, I I mean, the good thing about pregnancy is you do have time. So at Mm -hmm. the time... I, I could wrap my head around it and I felt really supported. Like I, my husband Shane's really um, 
quite practical and being an OT myself, yeah, like I thought we, we can figure this out. We're all right. And my family, my mum's like a midwife and a lactation consultant. So I thought she's she's got these initial few weeks of baby arriving that will be really nice to, and supportive. But I think more the anxieties were around like just the safety of baby. So, mm-hmm. you know, just subtle things that maybe I might not be able to pick up on or once baby starts moving, mm. like crawling and How do you getting into things. Yeah. How do you track where Junior is? Exactly. Or even if baby was like playing on the playground later on, you know, it's just that bit too far away for me to be able to see. So yeah. absolutely conscious of those things and still am. I remember Jenny Dawson, I think, mm-hmm. from from the community of vision impairment, she said she put bells on her baby's legs and I was like, it all stuck with me and I was like, I'll probably do that, be able to track baby through sound. But yeah, and then I think like just the initial bit was, you know, changing nappies and washing baby and things like that, just those more visual tasks. Right. But I don't know, I feel like I'll just have to work it out as I go. Mm. Yeah. Mm. You know, the other thing that you had to think about probably was clothes. What am I going to wear? How am I going to pick out the clothes that would be, uh, you know, appropriate and yet not make me look strange? You talk about like mid, um, mid, mid, or oh, what do you call it? Maternity, Maternity clothes. clothes. Yeah. 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 Well, as you know from the old women on the scene episodes. I do love fashion and makeup. Yes, I recall that. So yeah, getting the maternity clothes actually was kind of exciting in that. But I didn't know where to look. So there there was like a brand called Right Maternity in Maya. Uh-huh. The lady was in there is really helpful at helping fit things and picking things out. And I think Jeans West or one of those jeans shops does a maternity line and I bought a few clothes through there. Yeah, like I think it in terms of picking out sizes and knowing prices and stuff, that just comes back to using my app on my phone, the magnifier app on there to read the the pricing. But it was... Um, a bit of an adventure? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a, di- a different wardrobe I was wearing. I remember my colleague saying to me, you're really like celebrating the bump, which is really nice to do these days. Like, yeah, like I love not? you modern ladies. Because yeah. she said back in the day, she, they like she had to almost hide her bump and wear yeah. all these baggy clothes. Mm. So, yeah. That's great. Now, exciting thing. Mm. The first ultrasound you wanted to look at, I'm sure the little one inside of your yes. self. And how did you manage that? Well, it's, yeah, so they, they have like a TV up in the corner and obviously I couldn't really see that and it's all like kind of grey and black blurry images on there. So I remember getting out my iPhone with the camera and just zooming up on the TV and like watching it from, through the app on my phone, which was good but still kind of tricky to, to see enough. Did you um, have to explain to the obstetrician what you were doing with the iPhone? Oh, yeah, I asked first. I was like, is this okay? <laughs> and, yeah, so she was happy with that. But the other thing I was really looking forward to was hearing the heartbeat because I mm. felt like that would make it really real. But they don't, well, this particular ultrasound place doesn't normally play the heartbeat. Oh, You're just supposed to see the little flashing light and she's like, oh, that's the heart. And I was mm. like, oh, like, can I hear that? Because I can't see that. And she said, oh, we don't normally do it, but yes, well, I'll give it a go. So, yeah, she, she got the 
played the audio and that was really, really cool to hear that. Do you that. think that's yeah. something any woman with a vision impairment can ask their obstetrician when they go for their ultrasound? Sure, why not? To me, it was really important to hear that. Yeah. It made it really real. Yeah. I know later down the track with my midwife, she had an actual machine that played and she checks the heartbeat every time. So she was quite open to playing it. But I, I don't know, for some reason, this 12-week ultrasound, they don't normally do it. So, right. but yeah, ask, why not? <laughs> so what was your reaction when you heard the, the heartbeat? Ah, oh, it's just pretty surreal, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. And then it came to the heartbeats of thinking, what do I need to buy to prepare myself and for baby? How did you navigate that? Well, I bought a bought all the bigger stuff first, like mm-hmm. the pram. That was uh, trying to get the balance right of something light enough to be able to pick up, but still robust enough, knowing that would be my little car as yeah, such. That's right. Um, nice so, and sturdy. Exactly. So, especially if I bumped into curbs or mm. you know, just not being able to fully judge depth. I, yeah. You know, you want some serious wheels on that. On oh, that's that, right. On that pram to some degree. Yep. Um, so I yeah did a bit of research and ended up um, getting a Red's Baby pram, which my colleague recommended, right. um, which was a nice mix between still being. So it's got yeah shock absorbers and four wheel drive suspension and... in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, but so I, that... I I picked a lighter color. That was the big thing when I remember looking at them on the floor, going, "I can see the like beige sand lighter colored one much better than all the others." So that was like yeah a big decider on for me getting right. the right color. Right. What yeah. other things did you have to? consider when you were buying things. I, I'm thinking here, you know, obviously there's there are practical things like um, milk bottles and to express breast milk, to put that aside and all the other things that come with preparing for baby. How did you work Well, that I didn't end up buying a huge amount of smaller, like those sort of practical stuff initially because I was thinking, well, I'm going to have a baby shower and I don't know what gifts I'm gonna gonna get that way. Yeah. So I'll just wait and see what I get, and then go from there. And I was gifted a breast pump. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is really handy. Very handy. And in terms of the bottles, I haven't bought any yet because ideally I'd like to try breastfeeding first because then that will avoid having to do a lot of like measuring the formula and yeah, getting the temperature right idea. and yeah. all that. And baby's got the best of antibodies from you. Yes, yes. There is a good amount of research to suggest give mm-hmm. that one a go. So mm-hmm. my mum being a midwife and a lactation consultant, I thought, well, I'm in good hands. We'll, oh, we'll give this fabulous. a go. But if, if I do need to do formula and the bottles and all that. Yeah. I think just getting, you know, the lighting right in my kitchen and mm. tactile marking jugs and measurements and things like that to yeah. to help me out and being organized, I guess. What about we'll baby's see. clothing? Well, I had to have a chuckle. Um, my colleagues here, a visibility bought me as a, a leaving baby shower gift a pile of high contrast suits and toys and things like that. So they were like black and whites and like quite high contrasting things, which I thought was really clever. So, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) As as long as I know where I organise the room right, like I think I can keep track of things. Right. So whilst this was all happening, what was Shane's uh, mental state like? 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's pretty chill and he seems to roll with life pretty good. So yeah, he good. he never, he was happy, like, because he, he wanted to, to do the kid thing. But I did touch base with him just before we were going to record this. And I yeah. said, yeah, is there anything in particular? <laughs> and what I didn't realise is he actually does think these things through quite a lot. Like he has thought of different scenarios, how it's all going to go. And he uh, he quoted Caesar and he said, prepare for the day. Like that's <laughs> his attitude. <laughs> so I think actually he's going to be quite, quite good at all this. Like I think he'll take it all in his stride and he's really supportive. But he did say when we went to the hospital classes, yeah. he asked the lady, okay, the main thing I need to know is when do I take her to the hospital? He just wanted to know. <laughs> yeah. So he sussed that out now and so yeah. he's feeling more confident and then he's yeah. going to have the food and the snacks ready ah, to go. Right, so okay. that's his, his jobs. Yeah. But he also has bought, this is this sounds terrible, but he's, he's so passionate about getting this right. He bought a car seat liners, like the proper car seat because it was a new car and he didn't, he just like, if your water's breaking this car, like, I'm not going to be happy. And he's bought a bin liner and I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> But that's him preparing. So. Right. <laughs> Such a man. Oh, fantastic. Well, that's, a, that's a good story to tell. That's <laughs> like, oh, ridiculous. So what other things did you have to consider as you approached the middle part of your pregnancy? Were you thinking, once I give birth, everybody's going to come around. There'll be loads of advice. Everybody wants to be helpful. Everybody wants to have a be, a, you know, be a part of this. How yeah. am I going to manage all of that? Yeah, it, I mean, it still kind of plays my mind because I just don't know once you give birth what sort of mm. physical and emotional state you're going to be in. Yeah. Like, it's all so new and yeah. you're, you're going to be adjusting to it all. So, I mean... Like, you have a lot of excited people around you. Yeah, people wanting to drop in. I've got, mm. I've, got, I've got a big family on my side and then Shane's family live interstate so they'll right. be coming over yeah. and staying with us so and which is great because you know they'll be able to provide that support but yeah. I'm, I'm just also conscious of what sort of emotional state I will be in and mm. then like the added kind of pressure of having a vision impairment yeah uh, we we moved into a new place in April so I've been getting that like kind of sorted with lighting and trying to organize things but for me, I need to know where everything is to feel like I'm on top of things. So yep. like being organized and knowing everything has its place. Don't move things out of place. Oh, if, if Mr. Move It comes in and moves things, then I'm not happy. <laughs> yeah. So it's just a matter of like if we have people staying with us, yeah. you know, putting things, cleaning things, putting things away, just yeah. uh, making them aware like where everything goes so that it doesn't like add to my stress because I find I, I if I feel like things are getting out of control, mm. I and I don't have that control. I mm. it can be uh, yeah distressing. distressing, distressing. And I, having said that, I know that having a newborn probably will whirl you into a world of being out of control. But yeah, just trying to get that balance right, where I'm not a crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> now it seems practical, I suppose, and Shane being Mister Practical might be thinking about this already. Rules for family members who are helping out so that they understand what it's like for a person with a vision impairment to operate around a house, let alone to operate around a house, given the fact that there's a new baby in town. Do you think it might be worth investing time to write out rules, if you will, 
perhaps more like guidelines. Yeah, I was like, on. I don't know if I like the the word rules. It sounds a bit like full on <laughs> draconian. Yeah, it's like you must ab- <laughs> oblige by these, these rules must be abided by. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, what do you think? I don't know. I think if anything. I'll kind of com- make sure I communicate as I go. <sighs> Shane's really good. Like he knows and mm. he's, he's lived with me for quite some time. So he <laughs> he doesn't touch my things and he leaves them where they need to be. So I think it will just be a matter of monitoring as, as I go. But yeah. you're right. Like I think honesty and communication is important. But at the same time, I don't want to be like, oh, welcome to my home now. Abide by these rules. <laughs> but essentially, the the bottom line is, yeah, try and put things back where they yeah. where they belong. Yeah. Or if you're going to move or do something, maybe just tell me about it. Yeah. yeah. I suppose there will be a period of adjustment. But if you keep those communication lines open, things will work out. Yes, yes. And, have, and Shane will have my back. <laughs> and Shane will have your back. Now, any other things that you thought of? To help other women out there with a vision impairment to say, yes, if Sinead can do this, so can I. Well, I have tapped into quite a few resources, yeah. um, which I'd like to kind of mention. Oh, please. Um, not just for vision impairment, but just in terms of preparing for birth and baby. Because uh-huh. I think they go hand in hand, really. Like you've got as much anxiety around like dealing with your vision impairment as actually just being becoming a mother. So... Like the line of care that I'm going through is the community midwifery program through King Edwards and you do it through the birth centre. So I found that was like a really supportive um, program because you get the same midwife the whole way through. Actually, I might even mention when I applied for that program, they've got quite a few risk factors. They, you know, you have to have a non sort of complicated history to be able to be accepted into that thing. And I wasn't sure whether to disclose on the form whether I had a vision impairment. Oh, see. Yeah. yeah. So which way did you go? I didn't in the end because Mm -hmm. I thought, well, you know what? My vision loss actually has nothing to do with my uh, medical side of being able to give birth. Right. And I thought if I get accepted, then I'll bring up the, that as a discussion point and see, see where Uh we're at which is what I did, and they were really okay and open with it and they just wanted to put the right supports in place. So they discussed like an OT referral, Mm -hmm. ironically, (laughs) being an OT myself, and then a social work referral if needed. They decided maybe just talking to the OT would be enough, which was good because you can just bounce some ideas off off that. Mm -hmm. And then they just said like, become familiar with the environment. So they encouraged me to do a tour of the birth centre. I see. And King Edward's Hospital. Because right. if there's any complications, you get transferred through to the hospital. So I did that. And that to me was really helpful because now I know the lay of the land. Yeah. You know, the lights are all on and, you you know, I there was no like steps or trip. You know, it's just getting familiar. Yeah. So you feel more comfortable. So yeah, that was the first thing. And then I have been listening to a lot of podcasts in terms of birth and babies, because I found that the most enjoyable way of researching. Like I don't know a lot of people read books, but that's tricky for me, obviously. So Australian Birth Stories podcast is really good because you get a very diverse selection of birth stories. So that's just helped me mentally learn a lot for birth, but also hear how no birth is the same and it kind of just prepares you mentally that way. Yeah. 
A lot of people have recommended reading the Ina May Gaskin books. There's the Spiritual Midwifery and the um, Guide to Childbirth books. They were written in the 70s, but they're still very applicable, especially if you want to try a natural birth, which Mm -hmm. is kind of where I'm at. So I ended up putting a request through to here to Visibility for our library here to record those books. And that's in the making, Alice. And that is in the making. And I don't know if it's going to arrive in time before I give birth, but I don't mind as long as they're there for other women in the future. Yeah. I think that's really cool. And I have bought a a five-part series for the post-birth bit about, sorry, like their podcasts for learning about or how to deal with baby after a baby arrives. Uh-huh. Um, and that was through the Australian Birth Stories podcast, which I'm yet to, to listen to, but that's my plan in the next couple of weeks. Right. And I also have joined the on, I paid for the online hypnobirthing course. And I know that sounds a little bit hippie or whatever you want to say, <laughs> but it has actually been quite highly recommended to help you deal with birthing right? and it's all online. So it's all accessible and I could listen to it all through my iPhone, Yep, They're like little modules. And then you get MP3 tracks to help you re- relaxation and breathing techniques and all that sort of thing. Okay. So, you know, all, all these things are quite accessible and yeah. And I've really enjoyed accessing them to be honest. So yeah, I think those would be my like current tips at the moment because I feel like the first hurdle I've got to get through is the birth and then and then we deal with baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're down to our final minute. Is there anything else you would want to say to the women out there? I would just say enjoy it. Enjoy your pregnancy. I know I've yet to deal with the birth bit. That might be part two of our podcast <laughs> in a year's time. How did, how did I go? But enjoy it and yeah, embrace the supports around because for me, education is like power in that, like it makes me feel more confident. So Mm. utilize the supports and read up on what you need to, if that's going to help you out and use the OT, occupational therapy if needed, because they have helped me in my new home, getting the lighting right, feeling more confident with the environment in which I'm working. Because I think that's it. If you, if you can feel confident in your little bubble space, yeah, Yeah. where you're going to be mainly working with baby, um, working it all out, then you're off to a really good start and just take take it day by day. Fantastic. So when you come back, you will be a treasure trove of information (laughs) because you've done it and you will be able to, I suppose, give good, strong, solid advice to any woman out there. Yeah, to to a point. I think it would definitely be interesting, but I also am aware that not not every baby is the same. Not every so, baby is the same. So my advice might work to a point, but um, <laughs> at the end of the day, we've, we've all got to kind of work it out for ourselves, don't we, to some degree? Absolutely. But yeah, definitely Absolutely. hoping to add to the resource pool of visibility. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we've been speaking with Sinead Bryan, and she is getting ready to go on maternity leave and have her first baby. Yeah. Sinead, to you and Shane, congratulations. And we look forward to seeing you with uh, Junior when you come back in. Thank you very much, Kenneth. And this is Kenneth Bois talking to Sinead Bryant. And till I see you again, this is me signing out.